0: Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we are going to answer the question Is there a wrong way to worship God? Now, people have said, I worship God in this manner, you worship God in that manner. Um, what's the difference? You know, if I worship God uh, here or there or with own, my own uh, methods, And such what is the difference is there a wrong way to worship God the answer you better believe there is there is absolutely wrong ways to worship God now this is not a legalistic thing there are some wrong ways to worship God let's go to Exodus chapter 34 for the first wrong way to worship God Exodus chapter 34 verse 14 for you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a Jealous God. Um, You see, the word God that we use is kind of a generic term that we have used then as a title and a name for the one true God that is defined in the Old Testament as Jehovah or Yahweh. And so, When we think about worshiping God, it has to be only Him. It cannot include other gods. It can't include other things. Today, sometimes the gods we worship aren't the gods of um, Baal or Hare Krishna or Buddha or some of those other things, although those are definitely other gods. Sometimes the other gods we worship are the gods of materialism, the gods of selfishness and self-centeredness, and or you know the gods of lust or the gods of um, greed, the gods of all sorts of different things. Um, whatever you put in front of God becomes a god. Whatever you put your time into the most. Is probably your God. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10 says, Then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus here in his temptation is quoting scripture to satan when satan wants him to worship him and he says no way no how no chance there is no way i'm going to do that because the bible says that i need to worship god and him only not you not anything else no matter what the results might be or look like they might be there is no um mean there's no end that justifies that means God requires people to worship him only. And then if we go to Deuteronomy chapter 12, and this is another way that we are not to worship God. That is prohibited. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 4, You shall not act like this toward the Lord your God. He's talking about how people had uh, worshipped other gods, and specifically in verse 3, he's talking about um, the Asherah. and um, you know, So you're not supposed to worship God the same way you worship other gods, the same way that pagans worship other gods. You can't do the same practices. Uh, some of the practices were absolutely horrific toward these other gods. Uh, As we saw in uh, 1 Kings 18 with Elijah on Mount Carmel, the prophets of Baal, quite often in their worship of their God, if they needed to get his attention, would cut themselves with swords and lances and such. That is not to be done in worship of our God. Um, Asherah here was a fertility god, and it was very... um, sensual in the worship of Asherah and that is not to be done in the worship of our God. We don't bow down to wooden statues or any statue for that matter. In fact, the Ten Commandments um, in the beginning of them says don't make any other God before him. You know, you're not supposed to fashion anything no matter what it looks like, whether it looks like an eagle or whether it looks like a bear or whether it looks like a tree. Don't worship anything that is made by human hands. Don't bow down to anything that is made by human hands. Um, So we are not to worship. You know, some of the the gods in the Old Testament, they would burn their children in the fire, sacrifice their children in fire to these gods. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that in in worship of our God. So he's saying you don't worship as you do other gods. Verse 31, You shall not behave thus toward the Lord your God, for every abominable act which the Lord hates they have done for their gods, for they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. So in the midst of this discussion, he says, no, everything that you do for your other gods is abominable. It's horrible. It's absolutely disgusting to God. And so... Don't even bring those pass those those um, worship practices into the worship of the one true God. Those are not acceptable here today we do this a little bit more subtly where um when we worship self, uh, we bring that into our worship. We make things about a performance. Now, I'm not saying we can't have good music, and I'm not saying it can't be enjoyable, but I'm saying it's not to be a performance. Um, special music in churches has, in many churches, has turned into a performance instead of a special number to draw somebody closer to Christ or to help them start thinking about what the message is going to be about or to confirm that message. Um, we need to make sure that our worship is about God and not about people and not about things. And so we cannot worship God as others worship their gods. Verse or, uh, John chapter 4 verse 24 gives us some insight then. So how do we worship God. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We need to worship God in spirit. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean we have to somehow metaphysically leave the body and and worship God in the ethereal state? Or, no, that's just silliness. Um, we need to worship God, not just with our outward actions, but we need to worship him from the heart, from your spirit, from your real self, because your real self is not your body. Your body is a temporary dwelling for your real self, your soul or your spirit. And so from your spirit, we are to worship God that is not that it's some weird practice, but that it is true. And it's from the heart. It's from the very core of your being, not just lip service, not just singing the songs, but actually worshiping, not just reading the scriptures, but actually taking it to heart and seeing life change. It's. It, not on the surface it's deep inside we are to worship god in spirit well he says another way that we are to worship god he addresses in this verse and that is in truth you have to have both you can't just have oh it's it's from my heart and it's it's so important to me to love God and, and everything, but then have that same worship be things that aren't true, is according to the scriptures. And so it needs to be a worship in spirit and in truth. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15, and verse 9. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of man. So when we are worshiping God, we are worshiping God according to his word, according to his program, not according to the philosophies and the thoughts and the political motivations of man. It is according to the scriptures. And so when we worship God, um, those things, those other things have to go out. It has to be all about him. That's what worship is about. Um, these doctrines should be from the scriptures. And just because there is something that you think is true and you think is right, but it's not taught in scripture, does not make it equal with Scripture and does not make it a worship of God. And so we don't use those things as much as we may like them and may participate in some of them. They might be good things that we might participate outside of worship, but our worship should include things that are true, that are truly doctrines of God. And then the final way that we must worship God, is in Psalm 29, verse 2. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. And then down in chapter 96, Psalm 96, in verse 9. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. What is holy attire or holy array? Is it a suit and tie? Is it um, a, an Old Testament robe? Um, is it a, you know, what is holy attire? Is, is it something full of holes? What is it? Well, it's none of those things. It is your life. In living your life, in holiness and in respect to God. Just like Paul says, for the ladies not to to be characterized by their braided, braided hair and their gems and their jewels and stuff, but the more important person of the heart. That's the same idea he's getting to here. Holy attire doesn't mean they wear the priest's clothes it means that you are dressed in holiness you are arrayed in holiness holiness is simply following the commands of God out of love for him John says in 1st John how do we know that we Love him. By obeying his commandments. That is holiness or attempt to live in holiness. We put away sin and we put away, as Paul said, we put away um, all of the old things and we put on the new that we've received in Jesus Christ. The new is holiness. Kind of like in Ephesians chapter 6, where he talks about the armor of God, and we put on the armor of God. Every one of those things would be included in worshiping in holiness. Now, holiness and righteousness are similar but different because our righteousness in ourselves, the scripture says, is as dirty rags, filthy, oily rags, but the holiness and the the righteousness he's talking about in Ephesians 6 that we put on is actually the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That is how we can live a holy life. So we come to him and we try and worship in holiness. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 he told some people don't even participate in the Lord's supper or what we now call communion because You've got other garbage to take care of first. Get rid of that first, and then come worship. We need to worship God in holiness. Thank you for joining us this week for Freedom Fridays. We'll see you again next week. Have a wonderful week.